We are at the end of a series called Called by God, and we've talked about a couple of things. Let's do a quick review in case you missed some of them. And then I have a couple special guests today. It's going to be really kind of cool. So um, we'll just kind of jump right in, all right? So we talked about the things that God called us to. The first thing was that we're called to be loved. And so God created you to love you. And some people say, well, you know, I, I was unwanted. Well, maybe your parents didn't want you, but God wanted you, and God created us, each one of us, to love us. So it's really important that we get that foundational truth that God called us to love us. And then the second thing is, He called us to become, I mean, to be a part, to belong. That's the word I'm looking for, to belong. He called us to belong. And so part of what we do is we get in groups like churches and small groups, and we get to be... People, and we talked about having some people in your life, and so that's important as well. We're called to become like his son, and while that is quite the effort that we have to make to be like Jesus, it's doable because God put the Holy Spirit in us and gives us the opportunity to become like him. People will tell you things, you know, you can become anything you want to. Well, it's like, no, you can't. I mean, I'm never going to become an opera singer. I, I can't do that. I don't have the pipes for that. I'm never going to become a nuclear physicist. I can't even spell physicist, so I, I'm not going to be that. You know, there's certain things that you can and can't do. Although, I do like this meme. Uh, people say nothing is impossible, but I do it every day. Uh, so, uh, I do like that. So, that's kind of true. Uh, but, but we're called not only to become something, but to bless others and this kind of segues into today's message. Uh, we're called, God gives us resources so that we can resource other people. We weren't called to just consume, but to contribute. And so our lives shouldn't always be about what we can get and that sort of thing. It's also a lot about what can we give. And then finally, today we're going to talk about we've been called, uh, we are called to be on mission for Him. So let me show you what the mission is. Uh, in Ephesians, it says God's unchanging plan has always been to do something. God's unchanging plan from the beginning of the universe. God had a plan. I don't know about you, but sometimes my plans change. God's unchanging plan always has been. It's really important to understand this, to adopt us into his own family. He wants the family to grow. It's always been his plan. Now, you have to have people help with the plan. And so in uh, Romans it says, uh, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is the greatest news of all time. Anybody, everybody, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're into, God can save anyone who calls on the name of Jesus. But, it says, how can they call on Him unless they believe? And how can they believe uh, if they've never heard? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? And this is really important. And how will anyone go tell them without being sent? And so, today we're talking about, we have a mission. Our mission is to grow God's family. And 2 Corinthians says, Through Christ God made peace between Himself and us, and God gave us the work of bringing people into peace with Him. This is what God has called us to do. Now, everybody is God's creation, and, and God loves everyone, but not everyone is God's child. And so... There are two metaphors in Scripture that talk about coming into the family. Kind of be in the family two different ways. You can be born into a family or you can be adopted into a family. And the language is basically God wants people in the family. And so today we have a couple of special guests. And I'm going to introduce them to you in just a second. But guys, if you'd come on up. I'm going to talk to one of our church planters that we sponsor 
as a church. And so, um, I'm supposed to turn this on for you, Ross. Thank you. And I think I did it right. Okay. So, we as a church, we're Southern Baptists. We have... Um, we, we give to something called the cooperative program. That is, when you give offerings, some of it goes to um, help us here and keep the building up, that sort of thing. But also, we give to something called the cooperative program, the Southern Baptist Cooperative Program. Southern Baptists have always been known for their missions work, both foreign and, and local and national and that sort of thing. And so... Uh, you all probably know Cliff. Cliff is the founding pastor of our church. Cliff, the funny thing is, the longer you're away from being the founding pastor, the more people change, and not everybody. I can't. We just can't assume everybody knows you anymore. Uh, but Cliff founded our church 15 years ago, something like that, and now works for the Southern Baptists of South Carolina. And he is the church planting strategist, and so he he works with other guys who plant churches. Ross is. This is Ross Grawl. Oh, I have a I have a slide with y'all's name on it. I should use that. Yeah, there we are. Ross is one of our church planters that we sponsor. Okay, so we give money to the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, we give money to the state convention, and they help people like Ross plant churches. But we also, as a church, give more than that. So we talk about tithes and offerings. We kind of give offerings to help church plants. And so we're going to talk to Ross and Cliff today about what they're doing, but I wanted to introduce you to somebody with flesh and blood that we can talk to about, hey, this is what church planting looks like, because some of us don't know. So Ross, introduce yourself, tell us about your wife. I failed to ask you about your kids' first service, and I heard about it, uh, so uh, I'd like to know about your children, and uh, tell us. No. Uh, <laughs> you got to tell us, because I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, so tell us about yourself. Um, so my wife, Erin, is in the front row. She's the pretty girl that decided to keep along with me, and so bless her soul, right? Um, uh, we have three children. We have a 10-year-old boy, an 8-year-old little girl, and a 4-year-old. Um, he's a boy, but he's a lot of boy. He's a whole handful and a half. So pray for us, because, yeah, we, it, it's odd. We've been to the doctor three times this week, got to go to the ER for one of our kids. Life happens uh, to everybody, so that's the honest truth. Um, we, we live in Longs, South Carolina, which um, last time we prefaced this, not all of you know where that is. <clears throat> If you've ever gone to the beach, North Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach area, and you've taken nine, we're the last stoplight before you actually get to the beach. Um, there's usually nothing but farmland there, uh, but over the last five years, they have been building seven, is it seven? Seven subdivisions where we're at. Um, and so it's, it's changed. It's blown up. And so that's the area we've served, and we've been there for 11 years. And so my wife and I both teach in the schools, and... God called us to this ministry in, in very strange and unusual ways. So, so you, um, a football coach, tell us about not coaching anymore, and yeah. you're giving that up. And um, um, my Green Bay Packer fan is right over there. I told you we had one. Hey. Yeah. Um, Woo! Yeah. Just me and you, bro. Yeah, it was, it was great y'all won the Super Bowl this year. Oh, wait. Uh, anyway, uh, anyway. <laughs> How'd your team do last night at basketball? <laughs> We're talking football right now, Ross. <laughs> talking basketball. Uh, tell us about uh, your call yeah, into, yeah. hey, this is, I feel like I'm, I'm going to not teach anymore and I'm going to go plant a church. Because that's, yeah. that's a big step. Oh, yeah. Um, clearly built like a football player. <laughs> I was built like a brick, my mom always said. Um, and uh, I was fortunate enough to go play at Appalachian State. 
I always dreamed of being a football coach. Since I was five, I wanted to be a football coach. And, and so after playing in college, I was fortunate enough to be able to do that and pursue that dream. Um, we actually moved to Iowa for a couple years and coached at a small uh, Christian school there and then, and then got fired, which happens. <laughs> moved. And we've, if you've coached, if you know a coach, you probably are usually told a story where they got fired. Um, moved back down to the south, was struggling to find a job. This is like 2010. So there just were not jobs open. And uh, I got, I mean, I was really worried and scared, and, and we had a kid on the way. Um, our oldest was due in August, and so I was like, man, I've got to get a job. And a friend called me who was gotten the job at North Myrtle Beach High School, and so I got hired on there um, to be a football coach, and then I'd also be teaching. And that's kind of how I treated it. I was like, I'm a football coach, just happened to have to teach for eight hours a day. Um, and I pursued that dream pretty thoroughly for what, eight years almost? Not quite eight. No, six, seven years at that point. And the last few years of coaching became really miserable. And I didn't know what was going on. And what I didn't realize was God was stirring something in me. He was calling me out of a season in life, and I didn't like it because that wasn't my plan. <laughs> you know, my plan was to be a famous and rich football you know, coach. I missed the mark just a hair. <laughs> um, but God was calling me out of this. And so when our son was born, I figured I needed some time off. I was a little burned out. I just needed a month off. So I took time off for our family, which I had never done. You can ask my wife. As a football coach, you schedule your, you schedule your year around football. Like, you don't schedule your family and then football. So uh, I took the, the month off to, to help care for our kids. And I went back, and I was thinking, I was so excited. I was like, We're gonna, it's going to be great. I'm going to love football again. And I was so miserable. I was utterly miserable for one full day. Had a church service at night. Preacher, he, he, God spoke to me through a, the preacher there and through the message about joy in what you serve God in and your purpose. And I realized that my purpose was no longer football coach. And I hated it. I wrestled with God. I don't think I slept that night. But I walked in that morning and I, and I sat down the last remaining idol in my life, which was football. And I laid it at God's feet. And he has not stopped moving since. And I can, I can tell you, if you've got something harboring and you feel like you're miserable and you're not happy, you need to check your heart because there's probably something you're holding on to that you've got to let go. Uh, because after that, God moved in places I had no idea I, I was going to pursue. Yep. That's how I ended up here. Yep. So, Cliff, tell us why planting a church, as a church planting strategist for the state, there are certain places that are more strategic than others just because of demographics and that sort of thing. Tell us why Long's is strategic in that area I don't remember the name, but what's it called? Yeah, uh, the Grand Strand. So I was going to call it the Backstrap, and I knew that was wrong. So, uh, good. We could, we could tell you grew up in Kentucky. Uh, Grand Strand. Yeah, that's here, here in South Carolina. A lot of us have been vacationing the Grand Strand our whole lives, and so if you're like me, you grew up going to the beach every uh, summer, and hopefully other times of the year if you were lucky. Uh, but that area, you know, used to be when we were growing up. It was a ghost town after Labor Day. You know, it's Memorial Day to Labor Day, it was busy, and after that it was a ghost town. Uh, but now, uh, 54 people a day are moving to the Grand Strand area. And so it's one of the fastest growing areas That's in, more the, than us. in the country. And that yeah. 54 people a day is incredible. Yes, That's more is. than, I mean, Greenville is really, really growing. Yeah. It's, it's worse than that. Yeah, right? 54 a day is about the fastest place in the state. And, uh, and so in that area, um, you've got all these folks moving in. And, um, and right now, there are, as far as South Carolina Baptist churches, there's one South Carolina Baptist church for every 6,000 people in that part of the state. Whereas, compared to where we're sitting right now in the upstate, uh, Anderson, Greenville, Spartanburg, 
There's one South Carolina Baptist church for every 2,500 people. And so, so it's the fastest growing area of the state, and it's one of the least churched areas of the state. And so it's been a focus of our team for about five years. We've been praying and doing some work down there trying to figure out how do we end up with more guys like Ross uh, to, to be called to planting uh, down there. So Ross is an answer to a lot of prayer, a lot of hard work, and, uh, and his church that's sending him out has, has been, really been a leader and is, is leading the way in trying to plant churches in that area. So the demographics, Ross, in that area where you're planting, they're not South Carolina transplants coming in. It's, it's folks from away, right? Mm-hmm. Tell us about it. So what's unusual about where we live is majority of the people are moving in from up north um, or out, out west. Um, we have an extraordinary large amount of people from Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Maine, Maryland. Um, and so these people are moving here with no family connections, no, you know, no community that they're moving to, a lot of them with no idea or, or background in Christian culture. And so these are truly lost people. These, these are not, most of these are not transplant churches um, and, and this makes up at least 50 to 60% of the population moving in. So out of that 54, 26 to 27 are moving in with this kind of background. So, And it's, it's, your idea is to plant a church with them in mind, right? How, how is that, what's that going to look like? So uh, what we want to focus on and what church planting, what makes it a, a great evangelism, I would say tool, but I don't know if that's the right word, but it's a a process, I guess, Um, is that you have to evangelize. The the goal, if you're doing it correctly, is much like you would in the missional field. If you were overseas, right, you would go and share the gospel, and God would call these people to that area. And we want to make disciples, but the only way we're going to do that is to go and interact with them. People get caught up in their little community cliques, and they will not, there's nowhere else to congregate. We don't have a Starbucks. We have a food line, and that's about all we have. And so we're going to have to go and be hands-on and intimate and develop communities inside each one of these communities that are going to be willing and able to share the gospel regularly and develop disciples who will hopefully develop more disciples. So, Cliff, tell us why church planning is so strategic. I mean, it's, it is. Tell us why. Yeah, so... New churches, it's just, there's a ton of statistics out there that show that new churches reach people faster than existing churches. It doesn't mean existing churches aren't doing a good job. It's just, that's kind of the nature of how something, after it's been going a while, it naturally becomes a little more inward focused, whereas new churches, like Ross said, so, so part of, you know, Ross won't say it this way, so I'll say it this way for him. If his family's going to continue to eat and live indoors, uh, it, as he plants this church, they're going to have to reach people. And so that's a great motivator for someone to really like, hey, we've got, we've got to share the gospel. We've got to reach folks. There, there's got to be folks that, that we can have an influence on. That's not the only motivator, but that's one of those. And so it really comes out of a heart to see lost people come to know Jesus. And so church planting is strategic here in South Carolina, across the nation. And it's one of the things Ross pointed out in the first service as we were talking about it. Mission work, if you ever go overseas and do any kind of mission work, the, the whole basis of that is church planting. So you're not going over there just hoping to tell one guy about Jesus, but you're hoping to tell several, and then those folks start a church, and then they tell several. And so, so what we're doing here in South Carolina and here in the United States is what's been going on around the world for years and years, which is planting more churches to reach more people. So our church, Cliff planted our church 15 years ago, 
And the DNA, part of the DNA of our church is to be a church that plants other churches, or at least helps church plants. So from the inception, I'm assuming from the inception of the church, uh, we have a, like a system where we sponsor church plants. Every year we take on somebody new, and so right now we're sponsoring four. That's a little different. Uh, until this year, we would sponsor three, and they come in at different levels. And so this is the first year for Ross's church to plant, and so Ross came in, and so what we do for a church like Ross's, and Ross's church specifically, is we contribute to their budget $300 a month for a year. Next year, it'll be $200 a month, and then the third year, it'll be $100 a month, and then they drop off, and we add somebody else. So every year, there's somebody at the 300 level, a church plant. There's a church plant at the 200 level. There's a church plant at the 100 level. This year, we were able, because we paid off our building and we don't have any debt, we were able to add a second 300-tier uh, church. Uh, maybe we'll, able, we'll be able to do that next year as well, which would really be awesome. So the two churches that we're sponsoring uh, this year, both are in South Carolina. Uh, Ross's church, and then we're sponsoring a church in um, Charleston. Uh, the pastor there is um, uh, Rashawn Frost. And so we're hoping that maybe we can get him to come up as well sometime and we can chat with him. And then the other two churches at the 200 level and 100 level are churches that we're sponsoring in Salt Lake City. So we talked about last week, uh, our, one of our Salt Lake City churches has a building and they need some renovation. And we're, we're in discussions about how we might send a mission team out there to help them. But you're not yet launched. So May is kind of your soft launch. Tell us, because some of us don't know what planting looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, the church was established by the time I got here. So tell us, what's the process? What are you, what are you doing? What's your um, calendar look like coming, coming up? Okay. Um, I was told to tell you this too. So our, the name of the church we are planting is River's Edge. And we'll get to, we can talk about that. How do you find later. it online if we want to look at it? Um, we have a Facebook account, the River's Edge Church. Um, and online, we actually have the domain um, www.theriversedge.church. So, and we have cards and stuff if it's easier to do that. Mm -hmm. And we'd love to, you know, for you to do that. Um, we right now are in the process of gathering our launch team. So we're going to take um, our sending churches, allowing us to pull from our congregation. So tell us how close your sending church is. This is the church you currently go to. Mm -hmm. How long have you all been there? Six years. So a long time. Mm -hmm. um, they're sending you out. To, remind us how close they are. So our church is approximately five miles away from where we're uh, planting. Um, and that one shows the, how desperate the need is, and two, how faithful they're being, because you know some churches could be competitive about that. Yep. Um, and so, we are going to be using some of the people in our congregation who feel called and led to this. We're going to try to we're going to train them, uh, disciple them, um, and as we plant, the goal is is that hopefully they'll all be in their different communities and beginning that process of outreach and serving. Uh, that will bring everybody together. We we begin. Um, our plan is to begin a soft launch, so we're going to plan. We're going to do one um, service a month, starting in May, and we'll do May, June, July, and August. Um, and we'll do one service during that, and then September we're doing what's called a hard launch, where we launch out fully. Uh, during that time, we're going to use the weeks leading up to each one of those to do promotion and, and advertising, reaching out. So we'll be doing like VBSs, mobile VBSs at people's communities. Um, and, and we're going to be going door to door at certain communities, kind of old school, but it works. Yeah. So, so if we wanted to send a team this coming summer, like 
in a couple of months. Um, we, you might have a need for us. Yeah. Absolutely. So if if you're willing, if you feel called and led to this, um, if you're called to go to the beach during the, the summer, summer, that's tough. That's, that's tough. Be a tough summer. I don't. I don't I don't know if many people want to do that. <laughs> That's kind of hard. Yeah. Um, we would love for you to come be a part of that. We're going to be keeping you guys updated. Uh, we're beginning the scheduling process of it now, so that way people can plan around their summer. But we would love to have you come down and be a part of our VBS or be a part of knocking on doors or being a part of our evangelism team. Um, and, and we can hopefully we'll be able to have all of this set up over the next few weeks so that you can have all the information you would need to begin considering this. But we definitely need bodies. We have 13 on our launch team right now. And that's amazing, but that's a limited amount of people to do a lot of work. So, you know, we, we definitely need more harvesters, if you will. Yeah. So, Cliff, uh, the backstrap area, why do they need uh, so many planters? Tell us how many are you hoping to plant this year? Yeah, so in the Grand Strand... Um, we are, uh, so yeah, we're, the, we're hoping this year that there'll be five new churches launched in the area. Ross will be the first of those. We've got four other guys in the pipeline, and so it's looking good, which the neat part about that is there has not been a South Carolina Baptist church started in the Grand Strand area in the past nine years. Uh, the last one was uh, John Schaefer Discover Church in Surfside, and uh, they're doing a great job there. And so it's been a nine-year drought in an area where 54 people a day are moving in, uh, in an area where the large majority of those folks that are moving in are not looking for a new church home. And so the, the need is great. So this year we're, we're hoping that we're going to see five more. Ross is currently in training with another guy who will launch this year. We've got another fellow that's going to move in from Asheville and launch there this year. And we have a Chinese church that's going to launch this year that Living Water is also mm -hmm. serving as the sending church for. So we're seeing some real good stuff happen there this year through faithful churches like Living Water and faithful men like Ross. So Living Water, your, your um, uh, sending church, recently had a service for you. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So um, at the beginning of February, we had a vision service. And so in that service, our pastor actually got up in front of his congregation and he tell us his name because LeBron that's a, Crisp LeBron is his name LeBron, uh, the, original the original LeBron, yeah there's a running joke that he's the original King James version wow you know? nice very nice <laughs> yeah, we like dad jokes too so um but LeBron got a LeBron actually started our church uh, approximately 35 years ago there was a church split and he uh, was asked by some of the former congregation to start a new church and so he is for 35 years, the man has been in charge of this flock. And so he got up in front of all of his people and, and all of our friends. And, and not only did he ask for them to pray for us and not only asked to give to us, but he asked for some to be called to, to go with us. Um, and, and that's an immense responsibility. I, I don't take that lightly. It will be much like if someone asked me to care for their children. You know, and that's essentially what he's doing. So it was a, a huge blessing, a huge step of faith for our pastors. As all of us know, nobody's attendance is where it was. Uh, neither is ours, but he still did it faithfully. And so we know God's going to honor that. However that looks, we don't know, but we know God's going to honor that faithfulness. So your wife is a teacher, you're a teacher. Mm. Um, tell us what you teach, what mm. your wife teaches, because that's important to us. Yeah. So I'm a special ed teacher uh, at the high school, and at the end of June, I will not be a special ed teacher at the high school anymore. So I have to step out, which is not fun because, you know, it's scary. You just, you don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. Um, and my wife is teaching at the elementary school. She does intervention right now. So she works with children who 
well, kind of, I guess in some senses, are the same kind of kids that I generally see as well. But she helps them recover and, and catch up. And, um, and so our family's having to make a, an actual sacrifice to step out and do this. And we knew this, and we, we prayed about it, and it was part of the calling. And so we're very thankful to be able to do that. Be able to have, you know, your church as part of those people who are sponsoring us financially is huge. So, so um, tell us about where you're meeting right now. Yeah, so we do, right now we're gathering virtually every Monday night we do a Bible study. Um, and we're walking, you know, people who are on our launch team, some people from our congregation um, uh, that we're currently part of, and we're walking through Acts. And so we meet online virtually because, to be honest with you, that was the only way we could do it. Thursday nights we actually meet at a homeless shelter, and we, we run a Bible study there. Uh, we are going to be doing our first in-person launch meeting or interest meeting next Sunday at our church right after service. Uh, but currently we don't actually have a building. And that's one of the things that we are prayerfully asking God for. Or even a space. You really uh, don't have a space in May, we, right? Outside of the outdoors, no. Yes, okay. Well, it's a big space. That's a big <laughs> yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So you're, we're praying about that. Yes. Hey, this, you know, Lord needs us uh, to, to step up and, and find us some stuff, so a place, that kind of thing. All right, so um, when, when you get going, mm-hmm. uh, when everything happens, and you're going to have these uh, monthly meetings for a while, mm-hmm. When September launches, what is your hope? I mean, like you're hoping for, I don't know if numbers is the right, I don't care about the numbers, but what kind of spirit are you looking for in your church? So there's a really, there's, I'd say tempting, but there's certainly a habit where we, we have a hard time with how do we measure success. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to count numbers. Like that's just, it's something we can count, like how many people showed up today, and then we can compare and go, well, maybe it's not working. And so it's something we're really trying to avoid. So for us, success is more about impact and not necessarily about the reach. So for us, we want to be impactful with our people. We want that the people who are, who are in our services, who are part of our church, who are members, are being discipled well. We want them to be thinking missionally and being engaged in the way that God has empowered them. And so we are trying to individually go through, like, hey, what are your gifts? How's God, how, what is God doing in your life right now? Where, where are you being engaged in? And then act, trying to find ways we can activate them and, and get them thinking more missionally. And, and that's what God has done in my life. That's what we've seen God do in Aaron's life and, and what we really desire for our church. I mean, that's why we named it River's Edge because there was a time where I sat in this pew and, and sat there hearing the gospel every day, not having a clue what God wanted to do with me. And so we're asking people to begin thinking faithfully, stepping out in faith and actually letting God work miracles in their life. Yeah. So um, things like um, how do you do child care and all those kinds of things? Have you thought about all that stuff? Yes, we've wrestled. It's all that, that technical we, stuff you have to, Cliff. You know, you have to deal with all those things. We do, and so we we know that there's going to be one of the things we're doing right now is really considering everything that me and Aaron talk about. We think about in the terms of intentional. What are we actually trying to do? And so we've already begun looking at like service layout. Like, what are things if we want to have our children in our service, and we have three and at least one of them is in just an intense amount of work. Yeah. So how do we, yeah, like, and, and all the parents in here are giggling, and those who don't have children yet are like, what are you talking about? It's like, you'll get there. Yeah, four-year-olds are yeah, easy you, to you've keep never heard, yeah. You've never heard a four-year-old scream on the top of your lungs Four-year-old mid-sermon. boys are easy to keep, take care of, I'm sure. Yeah, or your 10-year-old having, having never done that by the myself. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we get it. And what we want to do is understand, one, who's coming to our church, who's being a part of our church, how are they gifted, and you know, think about things like how are we going to, you know, raise our children? How are we going to help parents raise our children? That's one thing that we've realized as parents is that we need help 
discipling our children. And so we want to in, in, in help parents. There's so many who are just desperate for you know, um, someone to walk alongside them, someone to disciple them through that process. So everything we're doing is thinking in, intentionally about that, including even the layout of our services, when the music will be, how we're going to set up the sermons, how we're we going to engage our audience. Yeah. So. so things like um, taking care of children, all that kind of things. Um, Cliff, you find people with a gifting and then you you ask them to help, right? That's just how it works, isn't it? I mean, that's what you do with this church, isn't it? Yeah, one of the interesting parts in the early days, some of y'all here remember the, the very early days, is uh, it's like everybody has to do everything. So if you've got 13 people, you're going to have some people that they're maybe not necessarily gifted in an area they're going to have to serve in for a while. It's just the way it's going to be. But one of the beautiful things about the way God builds his church is, is that over time, people begin to to recognize what they're gifted in that maybe they didn't realize, and, uh, and God brings other folks to the church. Uh, oftentimes, that's lost people that you've shared the gospel with, and, and God's created them for a purpose they didn't even know they had because they didn't even understand the gospel three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And as they begin to understand their gifting, God begins to use them. And so, but yeah, it, and a lot of it is just simply, you know, telling folks, hey, if you're a part of this in the early days, we expect you to go to work. You know, we used to tell guys, when they would come, especially if we found out they were from another church, uh, we would say, uh, if you're planning to come here, you need to bring your shovel and not your rocking chair because if you come here, we, we're going to need you to do something. We're not going to need you to just sit on a Sunday morning and listen to me try to talk and the band play and that kind of thing. So the 10 years that we were portable, that's not ideal, right? No, I tell guys all the time, uh, you know, they always ask our story about church planning. I'm like, well, we were portable for 10 years and I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, model, but uh, also I wouldn't recommend going into millions of dollars worth of debt at the beginning either that you can't pay off. So, so it, God used it for a lot of good uh, for for a long time, but it is tiring. Uh, some of y'all, uh, I'm looking at people who were there most Sunday mornings uh, setting up and tearing down. But those but were it good builds da- camaraderie. Yeah, I mean, that, there's those those, those are that. really good days. Yeah. Um, but I, I I pray that y'all won't have to be portable for ten years. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So Ross, um, how do you think? Coaching football is going to help you as a pastor. Um, so when I left football, I, one, you get asked that question, like, do you miss it? You know, my, we would go to a Friday night game. My wife would be like, do you miss this? And uh, I would like, yeah, I love Fridays. Fridays are great. I love Fridays. I did not like every other day. That's what happened. Um, when I first got coached, I loved every other part. Like, I, there was not a day I didn't wake up and excited to go until God began turning my heart. What I didn't realize was God used that. Church planning is, a, is very uh, unique. You have to learn how to use resources. And more importantly, you have to become uh, a coach and a motivator for other people. Mm-hmm. I, I entered it thinking wrong. I entered it thinking like, well, I've got to go and be the evangelist. Because that's when you're a missionary, that's what you do. Like you kind of go into that thinking, I've got to tell everybody I know that I've ever run into about Jesus. Every conversation is going to have to be about Jesus. Um, which in, in a way is a good mindset. But what I realized is that I also have to train people who know Jesus to talk about Jesus and, and help them see where they're gifted at and help them you know, reach the potential God's calling them to, which is exactly what I did for a very long time. And I realized, like, man, I, God knew from, like, it blows my mind because I, I didn't care what God thought about back then. Like, I, and I know that sounds awful, but it was a reality of I liked my football plan. I thought I was going to be using that for me. God had decided that he wanted to use that for him. And that, that to see him work that through my life has been amazing. So um, as we close, tell us about how we can 
best to pray for you? And, and uh, you know, what, what are, like, when you think about, okay, I, this are, these are some things I really need to happen for yep. May to happen, you know, for mm-hmm. when May is, strikes, I need these three things in place. Yeah. Well, how can we pray for you and how can we help you best? Yeah. Um, one, my wife and I, we would love for you to pray for us as far as wisdom and discernment. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of decisions that we have to make, a lot of, of choices and, and paths that we can go down. We just ask that we are faithful to God's will in that. Um, the second is that you would pray as God is calling people to, our, to the church, to River's Edge, um, that people would respond to that calling um, and that God would protect us from those who aren't following his will but are just looking for a, another option or a better place to be. I don't think we've talked about this, but you have 13 in your launch team, but you mm-hmm. have more than that that are yeah. at least expressing an interest. Tell us a little bit. So we have, I would say 40 is just a nice, safer number. I'd rather air short than large. Um, but we have a minimum of 40 people who right now are praying over the process of being a part of our church in some form or fashion. And so, um, and we try to reach out to them on a one, at least weekly and just update them, touch base, pray for them. Um, and so it, the numbers are, those interest people are growing. And these, a lot of them, it's a mixed bag. Some are people we know, some are just lost, some are disconnected from communities. And so um, we just pray God's working with them as well, that he's going to stir in their heart a spirit of, of what he wants. I interrupted you. We're it's praying okay. about so uh, praying for the people. discernment, yeah, yeah, and the people, and then what else? Um, pray for leaders, ministry leaders to walk alongside me. God's begun showing me some, uh, some faithful men and women in, in, in our lives who are gifted in that way. And, you know, one of the things I learned really quickly is that church planning is very terrible if you're doing it by yourself. Uh, it is a lonely place to be. And so we're just praying that God will reveal his will in the, these other men and women's life that are going to walk alongside me, carry some of this ministry load. And then lastly, and it seems, I mean, it's an earthly need, but it is, we'd love a space. We're praying hard that God will provide a space to actually gather um, and there's several that are that we're looking at, and we're just hoping God does His. Oh, you have some leads. We do have some leads. Great. And so we're just praying because some of those leads are connected to to men and and um, either a former church or a, a space, um, and some we probably don't know about yet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Cliff, you have anything to wrap us up with? Uh, I would just say just continue to pray for Ross and Aaron and pray that their church would be a church that plants more churches. Amen. I know that's one of the things that Ross wants. And if we're ever going to really see uh, any type of movement in actually reaching the 75% of the people of our state that are not connected to a local church, it's going to have to be multiplication and not addition. And so, so we're super excited as a, as a church planting team at the South Carolina Baptist Convention about Ross and Aaron. Uh, but we're more excited about Ross and Aaron because we know that they want to plant more churches because it's, it's got to be multiplication. So if any of our people are visiting um, North Myrtle Beach this summer, yeah. how would we know which weeks you're going to be on? And, so, and can we come? Yeah, first off, you are all welcome to come visit the beach. Because I know you were it's all open. waiting, and it's yeah, it yeah, is an, it's, it's an oh it's South Carolina, but yeah, we I hadn't know, closed. Good. That's good. That's why people move here. Um, you're welcome to come at any given time. Um, but we will be we have a newsletter that you can be involved in. I believe you actually already get it. I get it. I do like it. So you much. need to forward it to your people. I could. Or or or, or you or can or you just reach out to make me. a pitch here yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, reach out to us and we will happily just send it straight to your email without any other people. Much involved. better option actually. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we would love you to come. We are going to have all those things listed in the newsletter. We'll also have it listed on our Facebook page and, and have all that structured for you. 
Um, and so when you're visiting, even if we don't have a service that weekend, there's always, we're always doing something. And so if, like I said, if you can contact us and give us um, some time to plan, we would love to use you and, and, and engage you in our community as well. So soon you're going to get a, a kind of a plan for the summer, and then you're going to let us know, and we, we might be able to send a team to help too. Yes. Great. Yes. Super, super, super. All right. Thank you, gentlemen, for, for uh, give them a little hand here. I'm going to finish up from, from this, from the side, I guess. All right. Yeah. So our mission is to grow God's family. I, I like the stool. I'm going to, I'm going to stay in the stool. Um, when you look at Scripture, there was a guy named Nathaniel, and he met Jesus. And then he went to his brother, and he said, Hey, um, I met this guy, and he's amazing, and you need to meet him. He's from Nazareth. And Philip was his brother, and Philip said, Nazareth, can anything good come from Nazareth? It'd be kind of like us saying, you know, Slater. Uh, can anything good come from Slater? And so uh, Nathaniel's response was, come and see. Uh, you know, come and see. That, that really is a lot about what uh, being on mission is about. Come and see. Matthew got saved, and he's notorious as a... Um, uh, as a tax collector, and nobody liked tax collectors. We still don't like them very much, but they, we really, really didn't like them back in the day. And, and so Matthew had friends, but they were kind of uh, no, notorious friends and, and um, sort of the, the riffraff of society. And he invited them to a party, and he invited Jesus to a party. And it's kind of like, let, let, if we can get people close to Jesus, then people get saved and not everybody, but somebody. And so that's why we plant churches and that sort of thing. So what I wanted to do today was just remind us, hey, we're part of something bigger than just this church. Now, this church is great. I love this church. But I'm really thankful to be a part of a church that helps sponsor other church plants, that goes on mission trips. Uh, In the last two weeks now, we've heard about a couple of opportunities. Ross is going to tell us about maybe coming and helping them this summer. And then we had an opportunity to go to Salt Lake City, and and we're still working out those details. I had a couple of you ask about it earlier, and I don't know any really anything more this week than last week, but that just kind of came up. And so what God is revealing to us is, all right, we've got to be busy about being on mission for Him. And so I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you the way you give, and I want to thank you that our church is able to help folks. But let's be in prayer for our friends. I find it easier to pray for somebody if I've seen them and I know them. And so now you kind of know them a little bit, and now it's going to be easier for you to pray. And so uh, get on the newsletter. I think that really helps me stay connected. Uh, I'm on the newsletter of all the churches that we sponsor, and that helps me know what they're up to and how I can pray for them. All right, so I'm going to pray a blessing on uh, our time together. I'll make a couple of announcements at the end. And then if at the end of our service, if you want to meet Ross and Aaron, they're going to hang out right out here and just come say hey to them, talk to them a little bit. Um, if you have questions, that's the time. Cliff, you want to hang out with us too? That would be great. Uh, you, many people know Cliff, but he has lots of things to, to tell you about how we're planning churches in South Carolina, and he's super uh, good to talk to. I'm going to hang out over here if you want to chat with me or need somebody to pray with you. I'll be right here. Lord, thank you for our time together. It was... Um, good for us to hear uh, the hearts of uh, the heart of Ross and 
and his wife and what they're uh, attempting to do. We pray blessings of wisdom on them. Help them to discern the path forward and how they're supposed to proceed. We ask God that you provide a space for them. That you would provide uh, a team that would be the very ones that you've chosen and the very ones that they need. Now, Lord, we love you. We want to serve you the very best we can. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.